Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is that you are listening to this. I wanted to say welcome to The Unpopular Truth. We're going to have a little bit of a different podcast today. Uh, for many of you who weren't aware, um, I recently moved to Pennsylvania within the last year, and we did so to take care of aging and um, ailing family members. Uh, my wife's family, her mother and her father, they were not doing well, and we moved up here so we could be of a, a more of a benefit and more of a help and um, I believe that, that God has used us in that way to, to benefit them. But as life goes on, as everyone does, um, uh, end of life is near for, uh, well, for both of them, but uh, more eminently for uh, her father. Uh, so, and that reminds me, as I watch him in the hospital, as I see everything that goes on, even before the hospital, it reminds me of things that my pastor in Missouri used to say, and he would always say, finish well, meaning run the race, keep your eye on the prize, and ensure that your end is better than the beginning. So many people, in especially in today's culture, make a profession of faith, and then they either fall away or they go back to living as they were while still claiming to be Christian. And uh, the, the end is worse, much worse than the beginning. Uh, they certainly are not finishing well. Second Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And guys, this isn't going to be a long podcast at all, but an important one, at least for us, nonetheless. I want to tell you about George. George is my father-in-law, and George is a Christian. Um, without going into all the gory details, my father-in-law met under odd circumstances, but George was immediately accepting. One of the first things I noticed about him was his demeanor. He didn't curse. He didn't uh, lose his temper. He was always reading his Bible, and while one could argue the version choices, he was always in it. Um, doesn't matter if you have the right Bible version if you never open the book. Um, he was fast with a compliment and with encouragement, and I never heard a derogatory or negative word come out of his mouth. Uh, in the later years, uh, as his mental health began to decline, I can't talk today, he would simply tell the same stories over and over again. Uh, for example, he used to go hunting with his grandpa. He spent a lot of time there raccoon hunting. Uh, and they had a dog named Bouncer, and his grandpa would say, George, go get Bouncer, we're going hunting. And he loved to recount how they would walk through the woods, and it always amazed George how his grandpa knew the difference between bouncer's bark when he had a tr raccoon treat and when he didn't have a raccoon treat. I guess George was never able to pick that up, but his grandpa certainly knew the difference. Uh, George was also a Navy man, um, and he would always tell about how hot it was in the boiler room. Uh, they worked four-hour shifts, and uh, he said when you got off that four-hour shifts, uh, you were just drenched in sweat. It was so hot. He also loved to talk about the time that the ship did a 52-degree roll. He also had homing pigeons. He caught rabbits. He loved to fish. But most importantly, amongst his life, George loved God. Um, even in his weakened state, dementia and Alzheimer's robbing him of most of his memories, his basic bodily functions as he lay in bed, slowly passing away. He's saying, praise God, I am blessed. Now I ask you, pretend you're a nurse and you may have seen thousands of people pass away countless times. Um, most people around death seem to think about God or at least think about spiritual things. What will an unbelieving nurse do when she sees a man who knows he's dying, smiling and saying, praise God, I am blessed? I pray that, that she'll pause and consider 
the things of God. And I want to be like that. I want to be able to finish well. How do you know someone is born again? Certainly by their fruits, um, by their lives. You can look back on George's lives and see how God has moved and worked in him. I was talking with him about it today. But you can also see by their trials. Um, how do they act when the stuff hits the fan? Do they throw a tantrum? Do they yell? Do they shout? Do they scream? Do they shake their fist and curse God? Or do they like the apostles and like Job and, uh, and many others in the Bible in the midst of their trials? Do they lift their hands and say, the Lord is my rock. The Lord is my shepherd. He is my fortress. In him I will rest. I can't tell you how encouraged I am after watching all that's happened in the past few weeks to know that I'm going to see George again. Uh, what a fantastic testament of faith. I don't know his conversion story, but I don't need to. I don't, um, I don't need to see every point of his life because I can see the end. I can see how he's finishing. I can see that like Paul in 2 Timothy said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And as I watch everyone around Georgia in tears, I see that he was loved tremendously. And though his family is extremely small, they are massive in love. I'm so proud that I got to know George. I'm thankful that he caused me his second son. And I'm blessed beyond measure to witness God's saving grace and mercy in such a wonderful way. I'm happy that, that when his life is done here, that he will enter into glory, that he will be with the Lord whom he's loved and whom he's worshiped the Lord who saved him, the Lord whose work of sanctification is so evident in this man. Now, I don't know where George went to church. I don't know his Bible study habits. I don't know if George knew hermeneutics or church history or poured through theology books in his spare time or any number of things that so many people do these days. But I know that in the end, he lifts his hands and says, praise God, I am blessed. And that, my friends, is finishing well.